Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Crazy Money. This is your host, Paul Ollinger, and I am happy that you are here with me today. You know, the news from the economic world is pretty bad right now, and it's probably going to stay bad for a while. In the words of Hank Williams Jr., the interest is up and the stock market's down. And uh, that means we're all experiencing some degree, perhaps a large degree, of financial stress. To help us put it all in perspective is my guest this week, Ken Honda. Ken is known as Japan's Zen millionaire, and his book, Happy Money, has sold over 8 million copies worldwide. This is his second visit to Crazy Money. I'm happy to have him. And on it, we talk about what economic fear, uncertainty, and doubt can do to our health and our relationships, how we can maintain peace of mind when those around us are losing their minds, how to be a good spouse during times of financial trouble, the games that shame and guilt play with our minds, how inflation can actually help us get clarity around our priorities. And lastly, we talk about a few of the lessons from Japan's lost decades of economic stagnation. Ken is a really beautiful soul, and I always feel better after I speak with him. I know you will too. So take a few minutes to stop and breathe and listen to Ken's words. This is Ken Honda. Ken Honda, welcome back to Crazy Money. All right. Yes. I love the title of the show. Yeah. What do you like about it? Because, you know, um, we are living in a crazy world. <laughs> I think crazy money seems like the right title for what's what's coming next. <laughs> well, it's, you know, money can make us crazy during the best of times. We're in unique times today uh, in a global, on, on the verge of what seems like a global recession. You know, inflation mm -hmm. is up 8%. The stock markets are down. Bond market is terrible. Uh, I'm, I personally, and I know a lot of my friends and family are feeling a lot of fear, anxiety, and doubt about money. How can I keep things in perspective, Ken? How can I, how can I not let what's happening on the business page affect what's happening inside my heart? You know, money pulls the best and the worst part of us. So, uh, money pulls out the best, most generous, powerful, loving part of you. And at the same time, money pulls out the worst in you. That's cold, mean, worrying, you know, a lot of fear. So unless you're careful with what's going on inside or outside, you just become the, a victim of crazy money. <laughs> well, what are the ways that, I mean, I can see how when things are good, we want more, more, more. But mm -hmm. when things are bad, we experience emotions like, like fear and regret and like for example i have fear about the future right now because it's you know things are a lot more uncertain than they were a year ago i have regret and self-doubt i feel stupid about oh what i could have or should have done to prepare for this things like that you know those are those are just the flip side of greed kind of you know what can we do to help keep those things from taking us over you know right now i'm i'm writing my next book in english it's called how to stop worrying about money Oh. And in that, <laughs> that's a great time that, that, that everybody needs that everybody needs yeah. it yeah because that seems to be the, the the most frequently asked questions these days and i've been uh, teaching people about this so what you know i take a, I, I take a more about zen approach so the, i go deeper in essence so take a look at your uh, uh, money worries or life worries for example you are convinced that you're going to have a bad future Mm -hmm. which is future without any money. And uh, for some people, you know, that doesn't bother them at all because, you know, all the self-made millionaires and billionaires, they've been through that no money situation. Mm -hmm. It's not fun, 
but it didn't kill you. What kills you is worrying about the future. So no money situation, it's just a temporary situation. Maybe at certain month of your life, entire life, you may have no cash at the moment, but that doesn't mean that you end up being poor at the end of your life. So uh, the biggest problem is uh, the way you look is negative and you're convinced you are going that way. But if you're riding a bicycle, you know, you feel like you're going to hit the wall. You keep looking at the wall and then you hit the wall. So you have to, <laughs> you have to you know, change your focus to a brighter future. So think about it. You know, you're convinced you're, you're going to hit the wall. And that means that you're paying the interest of the money that you've never even borrowed. So in, in other words, we are paying the interest as worry or fear. So we, our, our important life force energy gets pulled out to the future. That's not even happened yet. Mm. So think about that. So uh, it's almost like a debt we never owe, but we have to pay the interest in advance. How silly is that? So uh, the reason why we are forced to look for the negative ones, it's our caveman type of mentality. You know, we used to worry about certain things. That's what got us survive. The Stone Age, you know, the dinosaurs and uh, all the all the tigers and all the you know predators uh, who ate our friends. So, <laughs> our and mind, our enemies, and our enemies, yeah. they often ate our enemies too. <laughs> right, right. So our mind gets shifted to more negative ones. It's our instinct. It's in our uh, genes, so we can prepare for the worst. But in a modern uh, world, we don't have to worry that somebody's gonna you know, come, come with a big, you know, a stick or uh, lions are going to eat you up. But worrying is uh, like a natural state for us. So um, just imagine that it's, it's uh, almost like a tool uh, for us to survive. So worrying is the natural state of mm -hmm. our uh, emotional mind. So, but in, in the modern world, we have to uh, shift this focus to something um, which you like. Otherwise, we keep paying the interest. And then also, we are just convincing ourselves about the debt we never owed, but this is the debt I have to pay. So uh, you're going to end up paying for that debt too. So there's an evolutionary reason why we worry and we have fears. But what do you think the modern fear underlying economic worry is is it is it that i'm going to fear like fear that i'm i know i'm not going to run out of money i know mm -hmm. i'm not going to miss any meals i'm mm -hmm. not going to go hungry my kids are going to be safe but mm -hmm. what's the worry that i'll feel foolish that i'll look foolish that 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 i'll feel like um that i'll feel foolish are those the worries that 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 are keeping me up at night and keeping a lot of us up at night yeah so when you focus there's nothing in the essence of worry, it's a mist. So uh, worry is just a mist that you or fog you cannot really touch. So when you try to go to the essence, you cannot see it. You know, <laughs> am I worried that I look foolish? Probably not. You know, am I worried that I have I will run out of money? Probably not. So the bottom line is you are not you are worrying about something that never exists. So once you really get this. Huh? Oh, you know, I was I was worrying about 
the skeleton in the closet, you know, the, I don't know, it's a Japanese expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worry that there's something, you know, when you're small, you know that there's something in the closet. <laughs> you're convinced. <laughs> sure. So when you open it, there's no nothing, right? So it's like uh, we worry that there is something in there. I know it. You know, How do you know it? No, I can feel it. <laughs> so that's what it yeah. is. We talk uh, on this program, and I, I think we, you and I even talked about this the last time we talked about your book, Happy Money, but we talk about the dangers of comparison. And the human tendency is usually that I compare myself to you, that I compare myself mm-hmm. to my neighbor, and I judge my happiness or my success based on how am I doing relative to him or her. But I realized the other day that when the stock market goes down 25 or 30% in a year, I'm comparing myself to what my numbers were a year ago. Yes. And that's, that's not healthy either. I, mm-hmm. ha- I had enough then and I still have enough, but I, I don't feel quite as, as good about myself as I did a year ago, even though everybody's valuation has come down. How <laughs> yes. do I get away from that? It's usually <laughs> so the I, other guy that I got to worry about comparison, but now it's me in the mirror. Yes, because, you know, uh, say uh, you got the score of like 45 and then oh, damn, you know, I did so bad. I did so pray. And when you look around, other uh, your friends are having like 32 or 12. That makes you feel good, right? Because <laughs> right, you're, right. you're much higher than yeah. the other guys who are just having 23, 12, and they seem pretty happy. So your score is 45, and last year is 75. And so, um, you know, it's it's just numbers. What makes you think you're better or worse? You know, for example, I upgraded my my phone, you know, iPhone mm-hmm. to small ones. So this is bigger but old. This is uh, smaller and new. Mm-hmm. So uh, they look identical, right? So, but some people say my phone is bigger, and this one is better. <laughs> I'm iPhone 14. I'm way better than you. So, like, what's a comparison? Do you want to uh, compare with the size? They want to compare with, you know, what's inside. So it's interesting, like, uh, you know, um, your, your hair. Uh, people compare with each other about how much uh, you make or how much you have. But how about the hair? You know, I have the longest hair in my neighborhood, right? I don't like that comparison. I'm not... <laughs> see, this is, that's not good. The people on our YouTube channel can see how little hair I have. The other way around, because, you know, bold people are very sexy. <laughs> so I'm the sexiest, sexiest, sexiest guy in the neighborhood. So which criteria do you want to apply? Or I wear glasses. I'm better. I'm smarter. You know, so I have better teeth. So just, oh, I have better ears. Mm. I don't know which body parts you want to compete with, but, you know, that's how I'm, I'm, I'm too excited. And <laughs> so, you know, it's up to you. And I think, I, and I hope money will just become numbers soon. I ask people, do you know how, how many gallons or how many liters of water you spent last month of like uh, September or August? No, not many people know. They know, you know, the, the people good, with good num- n- numbers, um, they know how much they paid, but they don't know how many liters, how many uh, gallons. And also with the electricity, they know how much they paid. But they don't know how how many watts, how many kilowatts they spent. So we're not, we haven't even paid much attention to the kilowatts and liters and gallons. It's because we are not interested. So in the future, I think we're going to use with uh, use money, but that doesn't affect you emotionally. 
But since we're so tied up with our self-worth, with money, and I think, and, and I, and I hope you know this is cultural,、mm. because some other cultures outside of North America, people don't、uh, tie、uh, so much with、uh, their self-worth.、Um, as a you know, for proof, attended uh, uh, my uh, uh, reunion for、uh, my high schools, you know, like thirty years, and also my uh, college uh, buddies. Mm-hmm. And、uh, we casually、uh, tell each other how much we're making, and we say, "Oh, wow! I know banking is good." And then, and we kind of like, "Oh, that's nice," you know. So this dinner is on you, you know. So we just <laughs> talk about those. But in North America, at a college reunion, if somebody asks you, you know, Paul, how much are you making? It's going. Well, well, you ask me that question, right? Twenty-three thousand dollars a year. That's what. <laughs> yeah. So you know, people. Just get freaked out because you don't do that. But Asian But culture, culture, Asian culture is more upfront about talking openly about who makes how much and how much they spend yes, on on、yes. certain things, right? Yes. So, and it's it's almost like、um, you know,、um, what's the weather in in Baltimore? What's the weather in California? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's very casual. And but the funny thing is,、uh, sexual issues are more taboo in Asia. Right. So if you get shocked by being asked how much money you make, you can you know counterattack them like、uh, about their sex life. Ask about right. You know, they feel the you know same reaction. So it's a cultural <laughs> thing. So money is so tied up with a self worth. So if you cut the link between you and your money, I think you don't have to worry about it. How、so、do we do? Th- how do we do that? It's、uh, you have to focus on what's more important than the numbers in the bank account. So. What's important? I I teach about visible assets and invisible assets.、Uh, last weekend I talk about a future of money.、Uh, in, it's in Japanese. Visible assets is you know stocks and bonds and real estate and gold and cars and、uh, all those th- things. Tons, you know, ton,、uh, the the assets、tangible. you can touch. Yeah. yeah, tangible assets. And the invisible assets is something that you cannot touch, but you can feel. It's about trust, friendship, love, and generosity, kindness. Uh, those are、um, in, uh, invisible assets, and people appreciate it highly, but they don't think about it every day. But、uh, you know, the biggest、uh, number one hobbies uh, or uh, pastime for、uh, millions and billionaires are attending a soccer game or a football game for their grandkids.、Mm. You know, they're, they're not necessarily going to the most ex- expensive dinners and concerts. Their favorite is attending to their、uh, grandkids' soccer game. So how cool is that? So we, in fact, highly highly appreciate our、uh, invisible assets, which is、uh, bonding in a family mem- members, brotherhood, sisterhood. You know your friendship. But we are so focused right now、uh, to money, we tend to forget. So if we focus more on.、Uh, Invisible assets, and and then、uh, you lose interest in money. I think we are we are almost obsessed with money, and、uh, um, in the in in thirty or forty years time, people will not get it why we're so obsessed with, obsessed with numbers. And, you know, four hundred years ago, we were so obsessed probably with how close we are to God, or you know, maybe many years ago, maybe something else. How close to the king. Or your royalty, you know, as a shivery or as a farmer or whatever that is. So 
we are so addicted to money. It's just a form of, a form of addiction because we keep thinking about it.、Mm. It seems like challenging times when things get hard, it's even that much more important to stop and, and reflect and focus on those things, right? That, that,、yes. And maybe this is an opportunity that when inflation happens and something I used to pay a dollar for now costs me a dollar twenty five. Mm -hmm. I have to stop and say, of all the things I could spend this money on, is this what gives me the most joy? Yes. Which is actually a good, a good exercise to go through. Exactly, Paul. So I think this, we're experiencing something very, very interesting and exciting, at least for me, because with what's going on, we have to really think about our relationship with money. And,、uh, and those things, do I, do I need it? Do I need this? Do I need that? And then you will ask, start asking, probably I don't need this, but I really need this. So it, it just shifts,、uh, transforms your priorities in life, what's the most important. And when you think about it, maybe I don't need two cars. Maybe I can let go of、uh, the other house. Maybe I can move to a smaller place. Whatever that is, we can、um, really shift our mind to what's most important. And I hope. We're going to shift more even from tangible assets to invisible assets because that brings us joy and that, that uh, uh, brings, brings us back to where we want to be. Otherwise, you know, we keep needing、uh, two boats, three boats,、uh, helicopters, private jets, and former、uh, <laughs> houses. Yeah, maybe, maybe five. You know, they don't even know how many houses they have, right?、Yeah. So instead of going for more, you have to. Shrink in a healthy way. Now, nobody knows how long the recession we're almost certainly headed for is going to last. But if、mm -hmm. you look back to the late 80s and early 90s in Japan, when a decades long stagnation occurred, how、mm -hmm. old were you, by the way, in 1990?、Uh, so I'm 55. So I was uh, uh, in college. So I, I experienced, I've seen, witnessed exactly what everybody in the world is going to go through. Because I've witnessed for the past 30 years. What was that like? So,、uh, all the people who are super positive started to lose confidence. You know, I, I remember when I was in my 20s, the mentors who are making, you know,、uh, who are billionaires, just um, um, in, in, a, in a matter of、uh, three years, from billionaires to almost zero.、Mm -hmm. And、uh, I was so sad when they asked,、uh, when I saw my mentor ask for、um, some, some loan. To, to the younger people. And I was so shocked. So that's what, is gonna,、uh, what we're going to go through. So、um, all the people、uh, who used to have more, that, got,、um, uh, that pulled them down. So like that, if you say you have three houses, you used to be rich, but three houses could be pulling you down. So the bigger the asset,、uh, the heavier you get. So、uh, the people, Without、uh, any money, sort of won, you know, because they had no debts. So the people with debts will,、uh, are going to experience、uh, a lot of、uh, um, downtime, but which is good because it really brings us down to、uh, what we are born and what's the meaning of life. So we're going to go more inside、um, and, and we're going to go deeper. Uh, and, and start searching for the meaning of life. Did the way people treat each other change? As the, as the stagnation became a permanent thing 
And, yes, and, definitely. and what did that look like? Definitely. The people with the uh, uh, highest uh, assets and highest debt will worship, you know, um, the, 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 the guy who had uh, like 2,000 condominiums, but so, so, many, so much debt was worshipped because he's, he's got uh, like $3 billion or something. But then the asset shrunk, but the, uh, the debt never shrunk. So uh, he, ha- he was a huge, uh, you know, he, he had a huge debt, but he had so much asset. So he was a billionaire. But in three, three years, all the assets shrunk. And then he still had the same amount of debt. So in a, an, in a year or two, he had to file bankruptcy. So the people who were uh, risk takers were worshipped. But in a matter of five years, all those people uh, who took risk were kind of looked down like they were greedy people. That's why, that, uh, that's why they got you know, to where they, are, where they were. And the people uh, who were clean with money, who didn't go after buying two houses and three houses and four houses, uh, they were regarded as uh, smart people. So uh, in the, in the uh, going up economy, the people who, who take risks get worshipped. And when you go down, the risk takers are sort of like slaughtered by the stock market and the real estate market. So if you are positive risk takers, you have to um, warn yourself uh, what's coming ahead. So maybe we shouldn't give them so much glory while things are on the ascendancy, and maybe we shouldn't. We should be a little kinder to them when things are going down. Yeah. So uh, one of my joy was to entertain those who kind of like went down. I cheer them up by just giving, you know, treating them nice dinners because you know, in my in my youth, they they were my heroes. So I, but I was feeling so sad because they were going down. But at the same time, I could learn the wisdom, and also I could learn their experiences. But the mentality-wise, uh, they're like bigger, the better, uh, the more uh, was not really um, uh, going well with the uh, with the economy and the mm-hmm. age. You know, families and couples are going to go through a lot of stress when yes. the economy turns down. What advice would you give them? to maintain strong relationships during during troubled times? You're in the same boat, but when uh, the economy is bad, it uh, we do crazy things, as, as you already know. You know, we're in a, sm- say, for example, if you're married, you're in a small boat, but you're so upset because your husband or wife is drilling a hole by just buying expensive cosmetics <laughs> or just going out, hanging around with your friends. And, and, and they, they'll t- tell each other, you cannot do that. You know, <laughs> you're, you're just, uh, uh, ruining our, our financial, you know, boat. So, and like, and, and you're drilling down the, the boat and say, Oh, it's just, just 30 bucks, you know, a hundred, hundred dollars. No, no, you're drilling the boat. It's gonna, you know, um, we're gonna get a lot of water from if you just keep drilling. No, no, you're drilling bigger holes, you know. So uh, just you have to remember you're in the same boat and you have to cooperate one another. But uh, oftentimes you start blaming one another for doing things wrong. Instead, you have to uh, realize you're in this together, and then you have to go through. To do that, 
you have to sort of like you know cut cut yourself and uh, get all the extra fat out of your life, which could be the second home or more expensive cars or uh, whatever the fancy stuff you have in your house. You have to keep letting go of stuff to to you know to get the, the to get going. So going going time is harder. One of the reasons why so many couples and it's the number one money is the number one thing people fight about, right? Couples fight about. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why we fight about money is because money is an expression of the values that we were raised with and the mm -hmm. experiences we had when we were kids. And, and by definition, everybody comes to marriage with different values and different experiences. Yes. What are, what are some of the things that the, the narratives or the stories around what we brought to the marriage from our youth? What are some of the themes we should look out for and be respectful of in, in, in our partners? I do a lot of fun exercise uh, or couple counselings in front of a thousand people. Yeah, that's got to be stressful for them. This is so juicy, you know, like uh, whoever wants to, um, you know, come up with uh, um, to the stage. So the other day, um, there's a couple and, uh, and she said, Ken, I'm here. So uh, for the next 15 minutes, uh, I'm going to decide if I'm going to get a divorce with him or not. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of pressure. They're, yeah, they're, they're on a stage. And then, you know, um, usually just, um, she talks about certain things, always complaining about, you know, one another. And uh, um, guys and women, um, we think differently. So certain uh, costs can be justified, like guys complaining that the cosmetics that is supposed to take off all the wrinkles they're not doing anything, but it's like 150 bucks, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so it's very brutal attack. And, and, I, and I just tell them, hold on, you know, be quiet. Who's telling that? And who's telling that? And they realize in a, in a matter of minutes that it's not them. It's about their parents saying. Mm. So it's like, almost like a proxy wall. You know, it's this family and this family comes from a wealthy family. This uh, uh, wife comes from a poor background. So, so she felt like a Cinderella when they got married. So she was super happy. But this guy comes from a wealthy background, but he's very stingy in her eyes. So Cinderella was complaining that uh, her princess is uh, doesn't allow certain uh, life expenses. So, you know, there's this fight between... Uh, to families. And there's a lot of shame and guilt about where they come from. So I, I asked them to talk about the shame and embarrassment with uh, each other and also with your own family. And she, she said, I feel so ashamed of my background. You know, my parents were poor. So I, I was always afraid in front of your, your parents, uh, you know, um, parents-in-laws. Uh, that uh, I, I may be looked down because I come from poor background. So they cried, they hugged, and they, they decided not to get divorced. But uh, if you can really let it out, uh, let all the shame, shame out and the guilt out of your system, you can have a strong bond. But you have to be courageous to do that. It takes a lot of courage. It's almost like uh, taking off your clothes. Um, and it's so... Uh, embarrassing for some people, and and but unless you spit it out, uh, what kind of fear, anxiety, and guilt and shame uh, around money, you cannot really connect with your partner or, or friends. So I hope you do that with your best friends at least, because uh, you know American friends, I really respect the friendship so much, but somehow around the money issues, 
American best friends don't seem to talk about it. So do that. That's true. You, That's very true. More bonding. So I assure yeah. you, if you're best friends forever, you know, just talk about money. Mo, no, you, have, you have enough talk about sex, so. I've been I've been best friends with my best friend for 35 years, and the reason our relationship works is because I don't know anything about him. <laughs> yes, That's why it's sense. perfect. It's a perfect male relationship. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on in each other's head. Uh-huh. Because that way, you don't have to feel the competition and all that, right? So, but... But if you just want to um, uh, go deeper, um, talk about that. And still, you know, you don't have to talk about the numbers sure, because sure. the feelings are um, are the same. You talk. You, you mentioned how the woman in this couple had shame because she came from a, a less well-off financial background. Where does guilt come from? I was, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic, no longer Catholic, but was raised Catholic. And guilt mm -hmm. is a a very strong emotion in uh, the family, in the Catholic family tradition. W where does guilt and money get all mixed up? Yes, this is my forte because, you know, uh, I'm a Japanese, but I went to a Jesuit school. Oh, uh, so okay. I know, there you go. I yeah. know what guilt is all about <laughs> and uh, in a fun way. So uh, guilt does certain things and guilt uh, makes you small and guilt uh, makes you hide and guilt, guilt makes you shameful. And that and those things are what uh, a guilt does. So she felt small in front of uh, him, uh, her husband, and also her in-laws. So uh, she cannot really feel herself uh, um, as as she is. So unless you guilt, unless you deal with guilt, um, you may f uh, and the guilt always draws attack uh, or violence in some ways. Uh, guilt pulls out the uh, violent side of you. So either you punish yourself by saying, you're bad, you're bad, you know, mm. or you attack the uh, the people around you with the guilt because you don't want to hold the guilt. So you want to <laughs> let go of the guilt. So either spank you or spank others. Right, yeah. It's funny because I, I have made some money and I feel like I don't deserve, or I do deserve to have it, but I don't deserve to spend it. That's where <laughs> guilt. That's where guilt comes from. Yes, exactly. So guilt-free money is such a, a important part of uh, happy money that I teach about. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, if you have guilt, you cannot enjoy life. There, you're familiar with the Stoic school of philosophy, I know. Mm -hmm. So yes. Stoics have Stoics have this this uh, practice called negative visualization, mm -hmm. where they say if you visualize something in the future that uh, might something bad that could happen, you'll be mm -hmm. more prepared to to handle it when it does happen if it does mm -hmm. happen mm -hmm. would you how would you think about negative visualization when it comes to money and handling ups and downs in an economy you know uh i teach about visualization too but what's interesting is that uh if you are forced to uh not to visualize certain things you do so for for like young guys uh, just close your eyes and don't think of na naked women or naked men. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's hard. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then for um um for women, I don't know. I'm I'm not a woman, so but uh, for a woman, maybe something else. Don't think don't, about like sick. Yeah, don't think about a white polar bear. Whatever you do, don't think about a white polar bear. <laughs> yes. So uh, I think uh, for whatever that is, um, if you are if you are uh, told 
not to think about it. Yeah, like say, uh, don't think about the White House. You know, you automatically do that. So I, I don't uh, believe in not do uh, don't do certain things. So I think the most important thing, like uh, uh, once again, go back to this money worries. If you are told not to worry about money, you do. So I think the uh, better way of doing that is uh, shift your attention so you forget. A lot of my students said, "Ken, I forgot to worry about money today." You know, so <laughs> because they were busy with something else. So uh, if your mind is busy with something else, you cannot uh, go back to your worry again. So that's what I think、uh, appreciation and love comes in. If you appreciate about money coming in and going out, you cannot worry about money at the same time. That's what my mentor Wahei Takeda told me.、Uh, appreciate your money. You know, thank your money when it comes in, and thank your money when it goes, when you spend it. And if you do that, you cannot focus on money worries at the same time. So my advice is donate just a, a dollar or quarter to、uh, um, you know to the basket. Um, right next to the cashier, you、mm. feel more abundant, and、mm. you will probably stop worrying about money for that for that time. What I hear you talking a lot about is awareness and mindfulness about money, and choosing what things to focus on as opposed to being victim to what our brains serve us up based on just the way we're we're conditioned and evolved to think. And one of the ways to do that is through meditation, which is is far more prevalent, I believe, in Japan and and with Zen Buddhism than it is in、mm-hmm. in Western cultures. Is there are, are there what's a good entry way, again, entry level way to start practicing mindfulness around money and other things in life? Yeah, so I think、uh, at the、um, at the beginners level, I think you just close your eyes and just、uh, you know observe what's in your mind. And mostly, eighty or ninety percent are uh, um, uh, negative ones. You know, you worry <laughs> that something bad is going to happen, or some sexual fantasy, or whatever that is. Just let it float up in the air because it's just a little bit like a garbage. And then once、um, like all the garbage,、uh, the debris、um, is gone, you can really uh, uh, cool down and go down. And just、uh, when the negative one comes comes up, it's okay. You know, don't try to、uh, erase it. It let it float because it's one of the possibilities, and at the same times let the positive one uh, uh, come in. So whenever the negative one comes in,、uh, come up with a positive one. Whenever the positive one comes in,、uh, come up with a negative one. Um, um, so it's like Tetris, you know, the negative <laughs> and the positive. Okay,、yeah. uh, they meet, they erase, they 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 disappear. So I I do that all the time when a negative thought comes in. I come up with something positive, and when I'm、uh, positive, I come up with something negative. So I stay neutral all the time. So by doing that, you cannot really focus either on the negative and e- either on the positive. And if your financial financial future is bright,、uh, it's going to be that way. You don't have to focus on the bright side because it's going to show up by itself. The future、mm-hmm. will show up by itself. You don't have to create it. Uh, so, in other words, if you do the right things, the、uh, the bright future will come、um, come come and show by itself. But if you're messing around and just stay negative and just try not to think about negative things, you are likely to to get drawn to the wall. So you <laughs> have to. Yes, you really have to、um, focus 
you really have to pay attention to what's in your mind and in your heart too. Mm. As we close, I'd like to spend just a few minutes on the three tips that you have to sort of guide us through. Maybe maybe these are good three th- good things for our listeners to keep in mind when they find themselves drifting toward the negative, drifting toward the wall. And the first mm-hmm. one is live live in gratitude. Yeah. And the first one, uh, and after that, I think um, if you just come, um, if you can pay much attention to what's going on inside, um, you let it pass. If negative thought comes in, let it pass. And if positive thought comes in, let it pass. So you just let let all the thoughts um, uh, pass uh, through you so you can be empathy and also you can be uh, uh, more calm. You find peace of mind because you're not either positive or negative. And the third step will be let whatever happens um, become your reality. Uh, the, the, the happy people are ready to accept whatever is going to happen. Uh, uh, unhappy people want certain way, like I want only positive results. So as a result, you get disappointed. So, so uh, the Zen teaches you no expectation. So if you don't expect um, anything, uh, the great thing is you don't have to get disappointed. So mm. if the stock goes down, let it be uh, because uh, you need that much money anyway. And uh, with, to support the idea of, you know, let it pass and, and just let uh, reality show by itself is, um, you know, I think there are certain things that you cannot do to change um, your change the economy, change what's going on in politics, change uh, what's happening next. All you can change is how you react to the reality in front of you. So if you can focus on the reality um, right now, right in front of you, and no expectation, and uh, it's almost like a chef uh, uh, starts to cook uh, with whatever is given to you. So uh, future is something that it's, it's going to be given to you every day uh, when you wake up in the morning. And how you cook it is what makes your life. You know, you can keep complaining about, I didn't order, I didn't order carrots. I didn't order meat. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> you know, if you just, if you keep comp- complaining about it, uh, um, nothing happens. So um, just cook with whatever uh, is prepared in front of you and just have fun because you know in in a going going downtown it's fun too have you been in a roller coaster have you do you do you want the roller coaster to go up and up and up and never go down it's not fun you know the joy is going down and say woohoo you know i'm so scared but it's okay because <laughs> it's going to go back up and 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 you know we're going to die anyway so uh let's enjoy the ride together <laughs> all right we're going to die anyway and cook with carrots. Those are the lessons. Right. That's the takeaway here tonight. Forget about everything else. Let's enjoy because, you know, I think uh, going down is more fun than going up. That's great. Ken, where can our listeners find out more about you and your work? Um, you can find all the information at kenhonda.com. I'm uh, starting to teach in English once a month with this Arigato Living community. Um, you can find all the inf- information there. I'm going to start... Um, uh, translating what what I have done for the past twenty years, and hopefully you will not stop worrying. Uh, you will not uh, worry about money. 
uh, have a better relationship with money. And I hope you just enjoy life because that's what we are here for. Oh, that's, that's great. I really appreciate it. We'll put links to that in the show notes. Ken, it's great to talk to you again. And I look forward Thank to talking you, to you again when the, when the book comes out. Yes, uh, let me know. I'll be happy to just um, share. And I think uh, um, uh, next time when we meet, I think the world will be in chaos. And uh, I'm going to talk about how to, how, how to stop worrying about money then. <laughs> well, the world needs that message. So thanks for all your work. <laughs> Thank Take you, care. Paul, and everybody. I'm just sending all my blessings to everybody. Hey, everybody. If you like what we're up to here at Crazy Money, do us and yourself a favor by following the show on your favorite podcast app and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Also, click the link in the show notes to subscribe to my new Substack, where you'll get bi-weekly thoughts on the role of money in our world and in our lives directly to your email inbox. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you next week.